Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, season finale time, and we thought we would wrap it up in the best way that we could think to. One final Tell Us About Your Team series episode for the offseason. We're talking today about the NC State Wolfpack, your and I's favorite team. All the NC State fans out there love us. I I think this is going to be a good one. Yeah, we um, we were pretty effective in the Tell Us About Your Team series. We did like four of them or three of them, four of them. Uh, this is the third one. Yeah, we've done three of them. Yeah. We, you know, that's like 25% of what we were hoping to do this offseason. That's, I mean, that's a pretty decent accomplishment. Better than zero. <laughs> we did want to make sure we got one more in here. Um, so, uh, you know, this, this was one that came together pretty quickly, as you'll hear us reference uh, as we discuss uh, it was Mr. Derek Taylor that joined us. He's an NC State alumnus. He's a Raleigh resident, um, a listener to the show, just as the others have been uh, within the series. And so we, we really appreciate his time. Thought he did a good job. He's really funny. He uh, was very knowledgeable. We, we had a lot of fun together. So um, hopefully you guys will enjoy it. Um, Mike, anything that you want to kind of bring up that we discussed before we uh, just dive right in? NC State fans have been cursed and they, they won't say cursed but you know Derek references that they have been through the good and the bad they've kind of seen it all mm-hmm. and that was brought up in terms of a Dave Doran conversation as well so mm-hmm. I'll tease that I'll tease yeah. that yep if you have listened to this podcast for any amount of time at all you know that uh, I have a, a bit of a history in particular with Dave Doran takes and uh, we would be remiss to say the least if that did not get brought up within the course of this episode um so that that does come up obviously uh lots of interesting stuff that gets brought up in in terms of just kind of the way that this fan base perceives itself and in the grand scheme of college football and you know again why this team is what it is it is a team that in so many ways is pretty much never really bad but also never really particularly great and so that's something that we explore quite a bit with Derek and, and all the reasons that kind of go into that or uh, sometimes reasons that are within their control. And as you'll hear, sometimes they're not so much in NC State's control as to why these things happen. So um, I, I thought there was a lot of really interesting stuff in here. We went for about an hour. Uh, again, It was I thought it was very interesting. We talked about mostly NC State. There was some other stuff we got into as well, uh, just as the conversation was, was able to flow. So um, really appreciated that. Mike, uh, anything else? Are you ready to dive in here? Let's preview the bar. Let's talk about the bar, Joe. <laughs> Let's talk. I'm not about talking the bar. about drinks either. Yeah, we're going to the bar, Mike. We're going to the bar. All right. Without any further ado, here is our conversation with Mr. Derek Taylor about his NC State Wolfpack. Go ahead, take a listen. All right, Mike. 
We now welcome on a very special guest to our show to talk about his NC State Wolfpack. Mr. Derek Taylor joins the show. Derek, welcome. Thank you for joining us here. Hey, guys. It's, uh, it's nice to be here. How y'all doing? Doing very well. Doing very well. We um, for the, for the people that that don't know, we we are very meticulous planners of this show. Uh, we have been planning on this show for hours now, um, so we we appreciate you coming on with with such mid afternoon. It's <laughs> <laughs> mid afternoon today. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I got the email about what six hours ago. That's probably <laughs> about right. Yeah, Joey texted me. He's like NC State tonight. Derek's in. I said okay. <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> That's the extent of it. And that's the most attention any national media has given NC State in at least 10 years. <laughs> that's us, Mike, the national media. Yeah. Hey, man. You guys are the national <laughs> we've been, media. We've been called worse. <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. Good way of yes. putting it. Look, look Did- NC State fans, we have a lot of grievances, right? Our, our favorite holiday is Festivus. And Aaron, <laughs> the Aaron of the grievances is our favorite activity. Oh, this is perfect. You're going to fit right in here. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> Derek. Let's let's go with it. Tell us tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, what, how did you become an NC State fan? And uh, you know, on some level, how did you how did you find the podcast? Yeah, so um, I guess I became an NC State fan um, just because I, I went to NC State. I guess. I mean, I I grew up a Wake fan. Dad uh, went to Wake, and. Um, you know, we didn't really grow up watching football either. We, we were, you know, Wake was not good at football. So we, we watched, um, you know, Robert O'Kelly and Randolph Childress and Tim Duncan and Chris Paul, you know, I mean, Wake had some really good teams back then. And obviously this is a basketball podcast, right? Specifically, yes. Yeah, Specifically, obviously. Yeah. Yep. So, um, you know, in, in 06, I got, um, I got accepted to NC State, went to NC State in 06. And, um, you know, that's when, when I had, became an NC State fan. I, I didn't have any ill feelings towards NC State before that. NC State, I think we're a pretty lovable bunch. We're, we're hard to hate. So um, it was easy for me to transition into becoming a, an NC State fan once I got to NC State. I've just been an NC State fan ever since. Hmm. That's awesome. So you would have joined in the uh, student body at NC State kind of right on the tail end of the Chuck Amato years and then yeah. seen the first three years of Tom O'Brien. Uh, that's honestly kind of amazing that you found a way to fall in love with NC State football. Is I'm so, yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> bit of a yeah, rough start. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, was, it was not a great start. But like I said, I was a Wake fan, so mm-hmm. the bar was really low for me <laughs> with football. It's very true. That helps. That helps. And, and to be fair to the Wake people out there, if they're listening, Jim Grove did win the conference in what, what like 07? 06. He beat Calvin Six. Johnson, Georgia Tech, in the first ACC <laughs> championship game. Yeah, yeah, he's not forgetting that one. So, so I transitioned from a, a Wake team that ended up winning the conference to an NC State team that I don't know what we did that year, but I think we fired our coach that year, so probably wasn't good. <laughs> Chuck Amato couldn't uh, he couldn't parlay the uh, the Philip Rivers years, you know, he couldn't. Could just couldn't do it. They couldn't keep that going, no. But you know, one thing you one thing about NC State fans is we are we are a resilient bunch. Um, we, we we've had our our ups and our downs, and most of it has been downs. <laughs> been through some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, Derek, uh, let, let's 
get into this a little bit and talk about kind of what are the things that make NC State the way that it is. And NC State's a program that I think is kind of different culturally from a lot of the ACC programs. Um, a little bit more of kind of the maybe the big bigger state school uh, vibe as opposed to, like you mentioned, maybe a Wake Forest or a Duke or some of the uh, smaller private schools that are kind of around the ACC. Uh, historically, NC State has had kind of a pretty good run basically since the mid-50s of so, some consistency, right? Like they, they've really been able to avoid uh, any lengthy kind of sustained uh, issue or issues. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, valleys, we'll say. But at the same time, for a team that has been able to have a good run of sustained success, the peaks haven't always been at you know super high either, right? Because NC State, one of the craziest stats I think in college football, as you look back at history and what programs have been, is that NC State has one program in program history, well over a hundred years playing football. They have a double-digit win season just once in the entirety of the program's history. That's insane to me. Joey, I'll give you a different stat that that might that might be better. Oh no! Oh god! <laughs> Here we go. NC State hasn't won the ACC in football since 1979. Oh, I kind of believe that though, because I was going to say, like, I don't remember when the last time was they they won the Atlantic Division, and honestly, 1979. That... Golly, it's only been like 43 years. <laughs> Long time, guys. Yeah. Look, I just said we're a resilient bunch. <laughs> we have all been waiting for 43 years for an ACC championship. So, yeah, but to your point, Joey, yeah, I, I agree with that. We've, you know, NC State has been consistently mediocre over, you know, a, a long period of time. We've had our peaks and we've had our valleys, but if you kind of trend all of that out, we've been a pretty average football team over, you know, over the course of, I guess, recent history, we'll go, you know, we, we won't get back into thirties and forties cause I don't really think that's relevant, but you know, from the mid eighties to now we've, we've been pretty middle of the road. It feels like even despite that, there've been a lot of really good players at NC state, like a lot of really good players i mean i i went to the uh the gator bowl in january of 2003 when nc i grew up a notre dame fan when nc state yeah. played notre dame yeah yeah notre dame had carlisle holiday playing quarterback they were running the option he couldn't complete a pass more than 15 yards down the field <laughs> philip rivers lit them up lit them up pretty good he was good yeah pretty good. he was good and it just feels like NC State has consistently had really good quarterback play, really good offensive linemen, even you know more recent history. In your mind, like what's been the the biggest obstacle, at least from from your time being NC State? And what's been like the biggest obstacle that the program has faced in terms of like not being able to parlay this really really high end talent, like NFL talent, into more consistent play on the field at the collegiate level? I think it's always been depth. It's always been depth. NC State has always had a handful of really talented players. And, um, and, and let, me, let me backtrack on that always comment. Let's just speak recently, right, over the past five to seven years. NC State has had a handful of really talented players. 
but they've rarely had teams that could sustain the injuries that just happen over the course of a football season. And like, when you look back at like, let's say the 2017 team, sometimes the, the offense and the defensive talent doesn't line up in the same year for NC state. So like 2017, we had a really good offense, but we were really new at that really good offense. We didn't know we had such a really good offense in 2017. It kind of just happened in 2018. We had a great offense. We knew it and we leaned on it. Whereas in 2017, we had a fantastic defense. We had four defensive linemen going to the NFL draft that year. That was the year that Bradley Chubb and Contavious Street and BJ Hill and all those guys went, went into the NFL draft. So we had a really good defensive lineman. Our back end of our defense was, was not great, but our defense was strong. Our offense was not. So we kind of didn't, we just didn't get those years to line up the way we wanted them to line up. You know what I mean? What, was that and when, the same uh, thing happened with Philip Rivers' years, to be fair. There was a year where we had one of the best defenses in the country. And then the next year, it was like, oh, Philip Rivers is here, but the defense is gone. Was uh, 2017 the year that Brian Kelly decided he was going to have Kaiser throw it like 45 times in a hurricane? Was that 17? <laughs> that was, um, I want to say it was 2015. Yeah, that was that might have been a little bit further back. It was um, it, it was around that time though, yeah. And, and it yeah. was at is that Carter Finley and we're like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, yeah, that was a good upset for us. Yeah, that was a good NC State team. Yeah. You want to know how I can tell that I'm just like a totally broken person is that like I struggle to remember like legitimately important things, but I can kind of remember I think the final score of that game was like ten to three, NC State won. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's correct. I could I'm not that broken. I can't tell you that score. <laughs> I think that's like I'm, not even, I'm not even particularly an NC State or Notre Dame fan, but I remember that game. And I, <laughs> golly, now that 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 NC State team that started like I, that might have been 17. They started like they started like six or seven now, and they went into South Bend, mm-hmm. and they yeah. had like an early lead against Notre Dame. We're like, okay, this NC State team's real, and then that kind of broke their season because then they struggled. I guess oh, in yeah. November, December, they lost. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't 2017. Um, I think it was 2015. Yeah. I might Oof. be wrong on that, but if yeah. 2015 feels right. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Derek, I think the thing that you're explaining reminds me of something that I think got brought up maybe midway through the Paul Johnson tenure as he was talking about his roster at Georgia Tech, where he talked about those first couple of years when they, they won a bunch of games, went to the Orange Bowl, that they felt like their players, like one through eight on the roster, were really, really good those years, but nine through 85 not that great you know and then over time it's like one through eight maybe wasn't quite as good but one through 85 decidedly better than it used to be and so it's kind of that concept of depth and having one or two pieces where there's just one piece that if they go down like the whole thing crumbles like a house of cards a little bit right I mean you know you look at you know you look at what Dave Clawson's done at Wake Forest with you know basically red shirting everyone as soon as they can they came in you know you have a couple of years up front where you where you struggle but you build up a lot of competitive depth if, if you go that route. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why Wake's been so successful. And, you know, and, and when you look at like Alabama and Clemson, they're successful because they have that competitive depth, right? They can lose a couple of players and it doesn't ruin their season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I guess as we talk about building out a roster, I mean, NC State being in North Carolina, of course, being in a you know the second biggest city in the state of Raleigh, being a pretty central, maybe a little bit east of the center of the state. I mean it. It seems like location wise, this 
doesn't really play into NC State's, you know, it, it's not a disadvantage for NC State by any means. Would you say it's an advantage in general as compared to some of the other programs in the ACC? Mm. It, it is nice for us to be, it isn't, it is, it's nice that North Carolina is such a rich recruiting ground. And it's also nice that North Carolina is centrally located to some other rich recruiting grounds, but there's a lot of competition you know, you're talking about from Virginia down to Florida. Those are the the recruiting grounds that NC State tends to play in. And, um, you know, there's a lot of competition in that area. I, I You know, I think what Dave Doran and his staff has done so well is that they have been able to identify talent despite what recruiting rankings say mm-hmm. and develop them into legit elite athletes and and you know some of that goes to thunder dan and what he does with the strength and conditioning program um but i mean when you look at guys like icky aquanu who obviously just went in the the nfl draft um i think Icky was a three-star when he came to nc state bradley chubb was a three-star linebacker if i remember correctly um garrett bradbury i don't even know if garrett bradbury was rated he was a tight end and he went in the first round uh, I think he went 18th overall. So what, you know, and, and that's just a few examples, obviously the, the biggest examples, but you know, what, what Dave Doran does from a, an identifying talent standpoint and then developing talent, it's, it, it's hard to find other programs in the country that, that are as good as, as, as NC stated, identifying the talent they want and developing it into uh, an elite division one athlete. And locally, I mean, up until recently, I know North Carolina last few years, they've been doing unbelievable job recruiting the state of North Carolina. But up until recently, I feel like it's been pretty much open season in state. Like it's kind of all these really good in-state players in North Carolina are kind of up for grabs between the Virginia schools, obviously Clemson, you know, all these different Carolina schools that, you know, you have the opportunity to choose from. Like in your in your mind, I mean, you talked about how they've been able to develop talent, but in terms of recruiting talent local to North Carolina, how do you think NC State's done under Dave Doran? Obviously, acknowledging that Mac Brown's been unbelievable the last couple of years, but you know, how do you feel like NC State's done overall in terms of how they've been able to recruit the state? Yeah, I think what what Mac Brown has done is 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 impressive. I mean, it, it, you can't ignore how impressive that is. Um, but, you know, Carolina has always been able to, to get good talent, you know, I think in, and that's true, not just for Carolina, but any school that is the name brand school in their state, you know, if you're the name brand school in your state, then you're going to, you're going to attract the talent. Um, I, I think Dave has done a decent job recruiting. It's interesting that we haven't been able to get better recruits, or some of the higher end recruits that we wanted to get, um, even though the results seem to be there on the field. Mm-hmm. No, I mean when you look at when you look at the ACC wins over the past five years, do you guys want to take a guess at where NC State lands on that list? Number of wins in the ACC over the last five years. Mm-hmm. Total wins, total conference wins over the last five years. Clemson's obviously number one. Yeah. Second or third? Second or third, probably. I mean, you guys had the really good. Yeah, third. Yeah, the really good COVID year. And 
last yeah. year was pretty good, obviously. And we won that surprise uh, me. seven seven conference games. You know, I actually have the numbers here because I'm that kind of a fan. Um, <laughs> yeah, we won we won seven conference games in the COVID year. Um, and I mean, there's only four teams that have won that have had a season of one conference win or less in the last five years. Okay. UNC has had two, two, uh, 2017, 2018. They've, they've won one game twice. So Duke bad. has had two yep. past two years, one yep. and zero. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Syracuse. The, the only other team that has a, 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 a one win season or less is NC state. So for, for us to be third on that list and have a one-win season is absurd. Right. Mm-hmm. So the, the performance is there, you know, six wins and, you know, these are conference wins, six wins in 2017, five wins in 2018, one win in 2019, seven yeah, in 2020, bottomed out so bad, six in 2021. You know, so he's put together eight and nine-win seasons consistently over the past five years. And so I think what's disappointing is not seeing that come together on the recruitment trail the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, you would expect us to be in the top 25 in recruiting each and every year with those kind of numbers. Well, because North Carolina has recruited so well that NC State's had the results on the field more consistently than Carolina yeah. has over the last three or four years. Um, yeah, and, and yeah. Not, to, not to knock on Carolina, you know, but, but they're the easy comparison here. Right you know, on, on this list, they are ninth. Yeah. 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 So NC State has had 25 conference wins over the past five years, and UNC has had 16. Yeah. They bottomed out under Fedora, and they got back to recruiting really well. And, I mean, it's not that they're an easy target. It's that they're, they're the brand name in North Carolina, which is actually yeah. a question we had on this list. It was – you know, is, is UNC the brand name in North Carolina or does NC State, like the, in terms of fan bases, I, I'm sure the allegiance yeah. falls with, with UNC, I would assume, in terms of fans in the state. Um, I, th- I think it's probably 50-50 if you're asking, like, you know, how, you know, how, who has the most fans yep. in the state. You know, if you just look at pure graduate graduation rates, mm-hmm. um, they're, they're going to be about the same. Yeah, NC State and UNC are similar size schools. NC State is a little bit bigger, um, but not by much. Probably five to ten thousand. So interesting. Yeah, I was gonna say because I, I mean, obviously coming from, I I grew up in Georgia. I'm a Georgia Tech guy. Like you know, you're totally Mm -hmm. overrun by Georgia fans left and right. But (laughs) uh, you know, I, I guess if you look at the four. ACC schools in North Carolina. I mean, it would make sense to me, kind of what you're saying about North Carolina and NC State being pretty clear, like head and shoulders above maybe the other two, uh, at least in terms of number of of fans and and uh, supporters and alumni and everything. Um, both just from a size standpoint, as well as I think you know, again, the other two being private schools and uh, probably a little more likely to ship people off outside of the state of North Carolina and kind of scatters their fan bases maybe a little bit more. So um, that that's interesting. Um, I, I I get the impression, too, you know, we, we talk about kind of the cultures of different fan bases. Within the NC State culture, it seems like football 
takes priority over everything else. You know, there, there's a number of teams in this conference that, you know, it's not that they're going to use football season just to hold them over to basketball season, but like, you know, basketball is clearly king. I mean, obviously like a Duke and probably Carolina would feel that way. NC State, I get the impression, is very much like a football-crazed fan base first and foremost. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, there's generational divides in this conversation as well. Hmm. Um, you know, if you if you graduated in, in the 80s, you're probably more of a basketball fan. Hmm. Uh, and, you know, any anything 80s or before, you're, you're, you're probably more of a basketball fan. Um, you may have converted to football at this point, but, you know, that's going to be a personal preference because you got to remember 74 and 83 NC state basketball won the national title those years. Mm. And so those, the, the people that were there during that era were basketball fans. Um, now I'm, I'm a basketball fan. I grew up a basketball fan and I like basketball and I hope our basketball team does well, but, I think, you know, from a from an, an overall fan experience at this point, NC State is absolutely a football school. You know, it and, feels and that way. I don't, I don't know if y'all have ever been to Carter Finley. Um, I want I've to. been to PNC. I've been to PNC Arena, which kind of feels like the same thing, but it's not. <laughs> it's uh, right next. It's part. not. I mean, PNC Arena is a it's a great complex. It, it doesn't really have a soul, you know? Yep. I mean, I mean it's it's wonderful, and, and it's an amazing venue. It does a lot of good for both for both NC State and the Hurricanes. Yeah. But Carter Finley is – Carter Finley has a soul. You know, Carter Finley is a uh, – well, you get that place rocking, it is – it's yeah. intense. It's intense. NC State, and, and I've said this to Joey on this podcast before, NC State is one of those schools where, and it reminds me actually a lot of Virginia Tech, where no matter how good or bad the team is, the fans always show up and expect a really good product. And the fans yeah. are desperate for good football there, like year in and year out, um, regardless of what expectations are, which is very it's very cool to see because they're like the out of state Virginia tech in my mind in a lot of ways. Like I, I just see a lot of similarities being a student at tech and just kind of seeing what NC state is like watching on TV and like seeing the fan base and seeing it doesn't really matter what NC state's record is. It feels like those fans are always, are always there. Like they always oh. show up, which is admirable because you don't, you don't get that at every school in the ACC. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I went to two games during the, that year where we only won one <laughs> in 2019. So yeah. God. dedication and and hey one of the games that was the one of the games we was the game we won so there you go um yeah but but mike i'd, I'd agree with you that virginia tech and nc state fan bases are are very similar and and we we will show up no matter what the expectations i think you know we may get into this more down the road here but um you know one of the things that that um, Gilio says uh, is the, the law of the, the the law of the wolf, which is when you expect the most, you get the least, <laughs> and when you expect the least, you get the most, and that's kind of how it tends to work for NC State. When we expect the most, we we end up kind of disappointing ourselves, and when we expect the least, who knows what could happen? 
we could go to the national title in 1983 and shock everyone and win the whole thing. Right. So it's going to be a very emotionally confusing place to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll well tell you what, it's a lot easier when you expect your team to suck and they suck. <laughs> when you expect your team to be good and they're good, it feels better. We'll say. Yeah. Yeah. So needless to say, with all the expectations that are put on this year's football team, Every NC State fan is holding their breath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just waiting on the be. other shoe to drop. Yeah. 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 We're excited. Yeah. We're hopeful. We're optimistic. But we've seen this before. <laughs> oh, I am uh, I'm wearing a Braves list. shirt right now. And uh, it was game six of the World Series last year. They were up seven to nothing, two outs in the bottom of the ninth. And my wife will confirm that I was sitting there like shaking on the couch, just like waiting for something bad to happen because this stuff doesn't, you know, I'm, I'm right there with you. I get it. Yeah. You just, you're just waiting on the other shoe to drop. I get it. <laughs> Let's take a quick break here to remind you about section 103.com. It is the internet's premier place for buying all sorts of great Georgia tech apparel, uh, they've got t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts. They've got things in the official tech gold. They've got things with the ATL logo on them. All sorts of great apparel that you can only find in one place. And again, that is at section103.com. Uh, use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. And, and again, they've got things for men, women, children, something for the whole family. If you're looking to rep Georgia Tech, there is no better place to go. I love mine. It is incredibly comfortable. It looks great. It's high-quality stuff. I've, I've had it for a while. I've been wearing it constantly. I've had no issues with it. Can't wait to buy more. They're always coming out with new designs, too. Uh, they had something for basketball season. They had some stuff for baseball season. Uh, they've got this new shirt out that kind of looks like it uh, resembles a fight, win, drink, get naked set of icons. I, you know, could be. It's just speculation. I don't know. Uh, but you might, might want to go check it out. Once again, that's at section103.com. Use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. Tell them I sent you. I love my stuff. You will too. Now, let's get back to it. Um, let's talk about f the finance a little bit, uh, uh, Derek, the financial side of things, we'll say. Um, I know that Dave Doran, I, I know, got a, an extension just a couple of months ago. Uh, he's, he's now going to get paid $5 million a year for the next five or so seasons. Um, sounds like the assistants got a pay raise as well. Uh, I know just about a year ago, NC State announced that the athletic department was debt-free. I mean, in general, it doesn't seem like this is – obviously, this isn't maybe a money bags program like Texas or Ohio State or something like that. But at the same time, it's it's not like they're hurting for money either. Like, they're in a pretty good situation financially, I think, at least as it re relates to the rest of the ACC. Is that an accurate characterization? Yes. Yes. Um However, sense hesitation. We, yeah, we, we don't <laughs> tend to spend as much as the, our, our fellow ACC members. Um, I, I don't remember where I saw this, but um, there was an article that came out a year ago, maybe, that put us in the bottom third hmm. for the amount we spend on our football program specifically, uh, which, which is, you know, just kind of alarming. Because when you have a fan base like ours that wants to be good at football so bad, that supports it as uh, the way we do, um, you know, you want to see that same commitment 
from the school. Um, I think it, I think it's, it's, it's gotten a lot better. Debbie Yao did a great job. Uh, I think Boo is continuing to do a good job. Um, he's, he's definitely focused on, on making football a priority, uh, which, which we won't. So I think it's getting better. Well, we know it's getting better because we, you know, we see Dave Doran finally getting paid, you know, a, a decent amount, what, what he should be getting paid. Um, it, I mean, all of them make way too much money, but according to <laughs> what the market dictates, he should be paid. Five million is fair, um, which is just crazy. Um, our assistants are, are getting close to a million, if not a little bit more than a million, our coordinators, I should say, um, which is which is good. You know, that's that's kind of where we want we want them to be at. So you're starting to see the investment. You know, there's a big investment happening right now in the weight room, the weight facility. Um, one of our alumnus, I think Dwayne Washington, I may be wrong there, hmm. donated some money to, to redo our uh, weight room facilities. And so that is that is underway right now. I think it's actually going to be finished up in the next few weeks. So there is money coming into the program. They're, they are working on, you know, upgrades to the facilities, to you know, the program in general, but yeah, we, 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 we're finally seeing it. I think we should have seen it about three, four years ago. In your opinion on Doran, how is it kind of <laughs> throughout the life of his, his contract and existence at NC state, what's it been like for you? And the reason why I ask is because when we first started this podcast, the first few years, I considered NC state and I made this joke early on in our podcast history. I, I called NC state the bar. Because NC said I felt like consistently was like six and six, seven and five, eight and four, no worse than like third or fourth or fifth, you know, in, in the Atlantic. They were kind of right in the middle of the road in the ACC in totality, top to bottom. They just felt like they were a fine team in the ACC. And Joey said, you know, we had a, a podcast, I think famously titled, you know, is it time to let Dave Doran go or something like that. We had like an off season episode where Joey went scorched earth on Dave Doran. And he's been a fantastic coach ever since then. Of course. I knew so, this was going to come up. Apparently yes. he was listening y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, that, that was after 2019 ironically and his last three seasons have been or yeah, pretty good. Right. Or last two seasons. Anyway, personally, I, feel I, like I don't I deserve really some of that $5 million a year, but that's just me. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, right? So, I mean, what, what's your opinion in terms of, Dave Doran, his tenure, how you feel about him now versus maybe how you felt about him a few years ago after that 2019 season. I mean, did, did you think that Doran is kind of, you know, this is kind of like his new life at NC State now, like last couple of years, how they've kind of performed? Uh, so, so first of all, you know, I, I do remember those old takes, Mike. Um, I've kept receipts, you know, <laughs> oh, no. like, oh, no. like, like I told you in the beginning of the podcast, us NC State folk, <laughs> we got some grievances. We got a lot of problems with you people. Um, no, see, uh, you know, he, Doran has been a divisive, uh, divisive may not be the right word. Um, not everyone has liked Doran and not everyone likes him now. There's a large portion of the fan base that is, is, quiet right now because things are going good but as soon as they lose to ECU in the first game they're going to be you know 
chatting it up and calling for his head. They're back. Um, yeah, they're back. Yeah, yeah. So all of a sudden, like, hey, where'd you guys come from? You know, um, I, I'm a pretty I'm a pretty patient person when it comes to this stuff. Like, I I I understand that you don't build a program, you know, in a year or two. It takes some time. And from where Dave picked it up when he was hired, it was pretty bad when he was hired. So he had a long ways to go. And quite honestly, you know, he, he I think it was 2015 where he he saved his job by winning the Carolina game. I mean, he was he was gonna get fired. It might have been 20, might have been 2016. It was I think it was 2016, now that I think about it. He 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 saved his job by winning Carolina, and he said so since. Um I mean, just, you know, to think that, you know, that next year, if that was 2016, which I think it was, that next year they won nine games, I believe. Next two years they did. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 you know, to think about it that way, like, hey, you know, it takes patience with your coaches. And it it doesn't always work out. Joey, I think it's probably time for (laughs) y'all. But, (laughs) you know, it you got to be patient with these guys. It takes some time to build. You have to have a a bigger, a bigger vision, a bigger view than just, Oh man, he, you know, he, he can't get over the hump and, you know, he always loses one, one game that he shouldn't, or, you know, any of these dumb excuses that people come up with to say, Hey, you know, he's not a good coach, you know, um, is he perfect? No, no, he's definitely not. Um, He is, he's too conservative Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, he likes to win games the old school way um, to his credit when he has the weapons to, you know, he does take advantage of the weapons that he has this year with Leary. I expect him to throw it a lot, just like he did in 2018 when he had Ryan Finley, I expect him to throw it a lot this year. Um, but, you know, I think culturally he is a really good fit. He, he kind of, he understands what our fan base is all about from a cultural standpoint, I think he fits, you know, he, he wants to, to go fishing and have a, a beer and, you know, he's just a good old boy. And that's NC state's full of a bunch of, you know, a bunch of small town Southern people who like to hunt and fish. And I think he fits in well with that, with, with what, you know, what NC state is as a, from a cultural standpoint. So, you know, He's not perfect, but he's probably the best that NC State's going to get. Like, if we fired Dave Doran, who are we going to get? That was the question that we had. It was like, all right, well, and again, this is after 2019. They win one conference game. They go four and eight, really bad year. But the question we kept kind of presenting was, okay, if they do pull the plug on Doran, who's next? Right. And I feel like you can ask that with almost any coaching job, but there are, you know, a select few in the ACC where at this point you can fire a coach and you can kind of almost get whoever you want. Mm -hmm. Um, Clemson, they're not going to fire Dabo, but like if Dabo left, Clemson could pull in with their state of their program, pretty much whoever they want. Clemson, Um, Miami, Florida State, Florida State, Miami. So those are like those are in my mind. Right. Like those are probably the three. Um, NC State is in that middle tier with everybody else, you know, uh, where it's like, okay, they fired Doran. They're going to get who the next up and coming 
G5 coach or they're going to get a retread, a retread power five guy or a coordinator. Like that's kind of who NC State's going to be targeting. So, yeah, that was the question we had. If they let Doran go, who do they get? And I tend to agree. I, I think that Doran and this, I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing either, but to say Doran might be as good as they're going to get. I mean, with the way things have been trending lately, Doran could be plenty, you know, given Doran, the state of Doran's the ACC a really good coach. State. Yeah. Is he perfect? No, but he's right. a really good coach. Yeah. Um, and, and I think he, he's, you know, we have to remember too, that he's still young. Like he's still yeah. becoming the head coach that he wants to be. Right. Like, you know, he, I, I've noticed that, you know, during his time, it feels like he's transitioned more from having more control over the, the play calls to being more of a kind of, a CEO type coach, right? Especially with his current staff, he feels confident that he can be a little bit hands-off with some of the day-to-day. You know, when you've got a guy like Tim Beck, a guy like Tony Gibson running your offense and your defense, it, it makes your life a little bit easier. And, you know, Doran has said multiple times, he wants to be here long-term. You know, he's happy here. And I think NC State, especially, hey, if they have the year that, a lot of people expect them to have this year. Doran's going to be a shortlist candidate for a lot of really good coaching jobs. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how things how things can change. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, span of three years, really. I mean, if if they, you know, let's say they win ten games, I don't know what it'll be, but let's say they win ten games. What is is there? You know, what school is coming after Doran? Nebraska. Hmm. That's an interesting thought. I mean, it's a good it, fit for him. Yeah, and Doran's been and Doran's been mentioned. I mean, even after last year, NC State had 2020. Everybody's like, "All right, it's COVID. Let's see, right?" And you know, has a good year last year. And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, you're starting to see Doran like under consideration. I know Doran. I don't think it was ever serious, but when Virginia Tech fired Puente, there were a couple of lists that had Doran on there. It was like Doran, like yeah. the ACC coaches. It was like Doran and Clawson, and Clawson yeah. I think was a more serious candidate than Doran. But that's the first time I had seen Doran in that context where all of a sudden, like, he's gone from a guy who could be fired to a guy who's now a candidate at another yeah. school, which I think NC State to Virginia Tech is a lateral move for Doran yeah. that he would never consider. But that was I mean, the first he, time I had seen him on a list like that. Yeah. He flirted with Tennessee back in. Oh, yeah. That was a big one. 2018, I guess it was. Yeah. Uh, before the um, bad year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows? Who knows if that was serious or not? Because. Right. He could have just been fishing for a race. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Tennessee, at, Tennessee at the time did not look like a very attractive offer. So, no. At that program, you know, right now it's doing well, but in 2018, was, it's got a job. I mean, do you really want to go coach in the SEC? That's a hard gig. It's tough. Yeah. It's a tough gig. Already making five million here. Why? Uh, I mean, is it worth <laughs> the extra Why one or two million? Through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I make life hard. Yeah. Five million a year <laughs> so, and all you gotta do is beat Clemson. Yeah. So so really? I think I, mean, I think if he, you know, if he has a good year this year, it's gonna be hard to keep his his offensive and his defensive coordinator. Um I don't know what either of them want out of their careers. I mean, Tim Beck, you know, he's he's no spring chicken. He he may be happy being an offensive coordinator at NC State, making a million plus a year. Right. Um Tony Gibson, I feel like, wants to be a head coach. 
he wanted the West Virginia job and what's his name? Neil Brown. Mm -hmm. Got it. Right. Yeah. We'll see how that goes this year. Yeah. (laughs) So that's the only reason we have Tony Gibson is because they didn't hire him. Hmm. So he, you know, Tony wants to be a head coach. I, I would guess that if, I would guess after this year he's gone because our defense is going to be nasty, like really good. So I I can't imagine Tony Gibson sticking around after this year. It's I I look back at it and I'm trying to remember exactly when I was dropping the uh, scorching hot Dave Doran takes, but (laughs) 18 into 19. Yeah. 18. So yeah. And that was the thing after 19, you know, 17, 18, it was like they had so much talent and the best that they could do was finish nine and four and ranked at the very back end of the top 25. One of those years, like, and I was like, is that, is that really what we're going to do here? Especially because, as you mentioned, Derek, I mean, the recruiting has not been blowing the doors off of, of anybody else. I mean, it's been a lot of, you know, kind of 30 to 40-ish range nationally. And it's like, is this really a sustainable thing that he's building? And and I think the, the, the 2020 season, you know, maybe you can explain it away. They went eight and four, but like maybe you can explain it away saying, oh, they had a, you know, all the easy teams in the ACC that year with the divisional structure going to hell. But then... 2021 last year going nine and three the way that they did I thought that was arguably his best coaching job um, and, and the way that he bounced back has been incredibly impressive to me and, and kind of returned to that stability that he had built there late in the 2010s so if I haven't said it enough already I was wrong that was it was a bad take and uh, Dave Doran's a good coach and, and he's got a good thing going on that program so uh, good thing they didn't listen to me back then well, hey, nine and three last year could have easily been eleven and one. Mm-hmm. We were four, really four, four points away from being an eleven and one team last year, mm-hmm. right? I mean, lost to Miami by one point in a game that turned out Tyler Van Dyke is pretty good. We didn't know that at the time, but we found yeah. out he's, yep. he's not bad. And then, um, you know, lost to Wake by three. Wake is always a tough, tough game for us. Wake loves to play us. <laughs> we do not like to play Wake. Mm-hmm. Same thing with ECU. First game of the season for us. ECU, watch out for that game. They love to play NC State. And for NC State, there's really no benefit to us. Like, if we win, well, congratulations. You were supposed to win. If you lose, you lost to ECU. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, no, there's no scenario where we look good at the end of the game. What's the upside, right? What's the upside right. of playing them? Yeah. But they, but, but, but I guarantee, but it, it, it's their Super Bowl, you know, like they want to, they want to beat NC State. They want to beat Carolina. They want to yeah. beat Wake. They want to beat Duke. Any, any in state ACC team that ECU plays, they're, they're going to bring their A game. Well, I was so, say, and, they're not a ba- and they're not a bad program. God, they used to play Virginia Tech every year too. Thank God we got out of that. That was, <laughs> It was the same thing. It was like, what's the upside here? We either beat them by 50 or we upset Ohio State in 13, come back home and lose to them, go down 28 nothing after beating Ohio State in the horseshoe and then lose, like, come back, you know, and then lose at the very end. It's like, why are we Why are we playing this game? Playing what are we doing? Yeah, they're well coached. Well, yeah. one other thing to keep an eye on this fall is NC State's going to Greenville for that game. They're going to play that at ECU, so uh, careful, careful. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to get into the schedule, but I don't like that spot. (laughs) That's a a tough way to open the year. I don't like it. 
Um, Derek, a couple more things on, on NC State, the institution, before we kind of wrap that piece up. Uh, academically, I mean, this is a pretty well-regarded school, um, as, as with most schools in the ACC. Um, I know, you know, UNC tends to be maybe a little bit more uh, liberal, liberal arts and that kind of thing, whereas, as you mentioned, NC State maybe a little bit more technical, a little bit more of your, I don't know, call it an agricultural A&M, like engineering kind of school. Um, I get the impression, though, I mean, with over 100 undergraduate majors, I mean, we, we're probably steering athletes away from some of the more technical majors in general to where it's uh, it's not as big a deal to try to keep them eligible once they're in. I can't say that I don't know anything about what, you know, what they do as far as directing athletes to certain majors, but, you know, NC state is a large school and we have lots of easy majors. Mm. So if, if an athlete needs to stay eligible and that's their goal, then there's a major for them. Don't push them to electrical engineering or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Maybe, maybe, maybe don't go to our like nuclear engineering department. Yeah. We stay away from that one. We need you to play Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. You can work on subs another time in your life. You know, uh, once football's over. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, I don't know as far as, you know, I, I, I would, I would hope as an optimist that, you know, they let them do what they want from that standpoint. But I'd imagine that if a student is, you know, in an engineering degree, not doing well, going to fail out of school, I'm sure that they would, either a get them a tutor or b direct them to an easier major i mean that's what that's what you would do for any student mm-hmm. right and i mean is that is that something that comes up in recruiting at all is well there's only certain guys we can get into school or is that is that something that doesn't really come up for for most guys i wouldn't think that would be an issue i mean okay. I, w- I will say that you know dave doran does take a lot of pride in in the academics of the football team and, you know, I, I don't know the numbers, but every year they, they do post the graduate graduation rates of the football team. And it's always high, you know, 80, 90 percent plus. So, um, you know, it, it's it's definitely not overlooked. It's, it's not an afterthought. Gotcha. We touched on this a bit earlier. I just want to circle back real quick to the athletic department and Boo Horgan specifically. I mean, we kind of mentioned in passing you know, replacing Debbie Yao and how he's made football, you know, more of a priority. But would you say that that's like the biggest difference between him and, and Debbie Yao, like is the emphasis on football or do you think there's more to it? You know, Debbie Yao did such a wonderful job and, and I think she really endeared herself to state fans because she was not afraid to go to bat for us. When something would happen nationally that, you know, slided us in any way, Debbie Yao was like taking off the gloves, you know, and, and we appreciated it, you know. So, so she's, I mean, she, I think she holds a special place in, in every NC State fan's heart. You know, she's, she's a beloved figure for us. Uh, Boo, Boo was still getting to know. Um, we kind of saw a little bit from him when the Holiday Bowl got canceled last minute. Um, I think some fans would have wished to have seen more from him, you know, that I think, you know, and, and same thing with the, oh gosh, we're going to air some grievances here. Um, the same thing with the, with the baseball, uh, college world series, you know, baseball team getting kicked out kind of oddly 
during the College World Series with one one game left to play. I have a um, feeling that might but, come up as well. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and Boo just kind of, you know, he, Boo kind of didn't really do anything. I don't know what he could do, but his his response or lack thereof, I think really, I think really rubbed some some NC State fans the wrong way. We wanted to see a little more from him. He did leverage that a little bit into getting some money for the baseball stadium to to get a good facelift. Yeah, you know, but if but if that was Debbie Yao, Debbie Yao would have gone after some people. Kicking yeah, she's going for people's throats. Yeah, yeah and, and, you know, different leadership styles here too. So maybe that's just not who Boo is. I, you know, we knew coming in that Boo was two things. We knew that he was a football guy, and we knew that he was a fundraiser. And so in those two categories, I think he's he's done well. But, you know, the he doesn't give you the same, you know, good feelings that Debbie Yao would give you. We're definitely at an interesting point. I keep using this word interesting. I need to pick a new word. We're definitely at a unique point in the history with the NCAA in terms of the NCAA is like losing power every day, it seems like lately. <laughs> and you definitely yeah. see certain programs that are kind of in trouble and they turn around and instead of, you know, holding their hat in their hands and saying, oh, I'm so sorry. And we're going to try to make this right. It's like, I don't know. Can you prove it? Come get me, you know, come like basically throw yeah. it right back at them. And it's, you know, take it to court and just drag them out, knock them down, drag them out kind of situations. So it's, yeah. especially you see other, other schools and, and their administrations have that kind of response. And then to see uh, the response from Boo in terms of like, well, a little more of that kind of yeah. uh, repentant approach is, is I, I can see why that wouldn't really endear him with the, uh, with the fan base as much. And, and state did just get out of a lawsuit and lawsuit may not be the right word here, but out of the, um, scuffle with the NCAA um, well, on the basketball side of things. So, you know, but that did predate Boo Corrigan. So, um, and everyone, my cat is going to join the podcast now. I don't know if you can hear that, but he is, <laughs> he is meowing in the background. So we might have, might have a visitor. Yes. NC state grievances as well. Yeah. Yeah. He's, oh yeah. He's got lots of grievances. He's a cat. <laughs> So I guess in general, Derek, as I, as I try to, again, come up with a way to summarize NC State and this job, you know, in terms of if, like you said, if Dave Dorn wins 10 games this year and if he gets hired somewhere else, you know, as, as they look, you know, as they, they scour the market trying to find a replacement, people look at this job. I guess what I'm hearing is this doesn't really strike me as a particularly like difficult job. And it seems like it's one that th there should be at least a reasonably high floor. Although, for whatever reason, over over time, there's no roadblocks. It's been successful for the longest time. It's like, in my mind, the only way that we can really explain that lack of peaks year over year over year is, I, I believe the technical term is NC State shit. Does that sound right to you? Or Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> NC State fans know all too well about the NC state, um, stuff or shit. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, that's, uh, some people think that, you know, in 83, we kind of traded all our good karma <laughs> for, for that miraculous run, um, in the NCAA tournament. Um, cause we haven't really had nice things since, um, 
you know, last year was an interesting, last year on the football field was interesting um, because we didn't have a lot of NC State stuff happen. Mm -hmm. You know, we beat Clemson double overtime. We beat Carolina when we shouldn't have. I mean, we were down two touchdowns with, what, a minute and 20 seconds left to go? That game was nuts. It was awesome. <laughs> I mean, you know, and and so, you know, I think I think a lot of it is – a lot of this NC State stuff that, that people like to talk about, I think, is really just us existing in the middle. When the you bar, baby. The, when you exist in the middle, you're, air, you're, you're like – your tolerance is so small between, you know, successful and not successful. You, you, it can be one shot and one play that makes the difference between you winning a game, losing a game, going to a conference championship or not going to a conference championship. You know, I mean, I think it was 2010 where we had a chance to go to the conference championship and all we had to do, all we had to do was beat Maryland, who was not good that year. That was a Russell Wilson year. Oh, yeah. And they beat us by like, Three touchdowns, uh, you know, and so beat the brakes off them. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, you know, in, in 2017, all we had to do was make like a 20 yard field goal to beat Clemson. Missed. I do remember that one. Wide, wide left, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so when you when you exist in that middle ground, you leave yourself open for that heartbreak, you know, it, it, that heartbreak is, is one play away all the time. Welcome to fandom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I believe in the, the universal, you know, cosmic karma that is NC state. Curse, right. people, yeah, yeah. yeah. The curse that might, yeah. be. but I mean, you know, it is interesting that, you know, we, we've had a lot of, we've had a lot of bad stuff happen to us mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> Well, that's a good note to end on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> NC State, come be a fan. It will suck. <laughs> I love it. Derek, you, you you know what? We are getting uh, real close to preview season here. Uh, you, you got a prediction for your Wolfpack this fall? Is that like the most dangerous question I could ask you? No, it's not. No, um, I'm, I'm bullish on our team. Um. I, you know, I think the line between eight wins and 10 wins is pretty thin, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so I think eight, I think eight is the floor for this team. And that would be a disappointment. Uh, I, I do think this, this team is a 10 win team, whether or not they actually get there depends on um, injuries. You know, if they, if Devin Leary gets hurt, I'm not optimistic that we're going to get there. Um but I think our defense is going to be one of the best defenses in the country. When you look at, you know, Peyton Wilson, he was first team all ACC linebacker in 2020. He's nasty. Drake Thomas, first team all ACC linebacker in 2021. And Isaiah Moore might be better than both of them. Mm-hmm. He was injured for half of last year and still made honorable mention at all ACC. So our linebacking core is going to be great. Our defensive line, I think, is going to be a lot better than people realize. And the rest of the defense is going to be solid because they're all returning players as well. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. I think Clemson's still going to be hard out. I, I'm, I like that the fact that we're getting Wake at home this year. I think Louisville is going to be a lot better. 
I think Florida State is going to be a lot better. So it's not an easy, it's not an easy conference to win in. Uh, but this is an experienced team. We have competitive depth for the first time this year. Um, first time in a long time, maybe ever. I think we've got both sides of the ball in a good spot, offensively and defensively. So I'm, I'm very optimistic that we can be a, you know, uh, I, I don't want to say, I don't want to say college football playoff dark horse because that's an unrealistic expectation. Um, but I, I do think that we can win the Atlantic and get to the conference championship game, especially if Clemson has another year where they're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. They were still a great team last year. But, yeah, you know, they, they, they did have, you know, I, I could see Louisville catching them. I could see Boston College, Wake Forest. Well, probably not Wake Forest, but Boston College maybe surprising them. Um, we could surprise them again. Probably not. we got to play them in Death Valley this year. Mm-hmm. Florida State could get them. So they, they have losable games. I think they have to play Notre Dame this year. Hmm. They Clemson. do. I think they do. Yeah. So that, that could be a loss. So, you know, I think the, the schedule sets up well for us. It won't be easy. I think the Atlantic division is probably the third toughest division in college football. But um, but I think we could, you know, if things go our way, which they seldom don't, <laughs> I think we can we could certainly get there. That is a note to end on. Yes. <laughs> Mike, yes. do you have anything else for Derek while we got him here? I think NC State's going to be pretty good. I. Uh, I'm kind of with you. Yep. That's expectations are a terrible thing. But <laughs> expectations are here, guys. Yep. When you yeah, expect I mean, the most, you get the least. I can't. I tell you, I we'll remember that when we're handicapping our win totals. Yeah. Um, you expect the most. I, uh, the yeah. I mean, this is probably the most bullish I've been on a Dave Dorn coach team. So for what that's worth. Mm-hmm. Schedule sets up pretty see. nicely too. It works in it their does. favor in a lot of ways. It does. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, opening up with Georgia Tech is a good one to start with. <laughs> I don't think we played that way up. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at Clemson. I'm sorry. I'm looking at Clemson. We'll get the Clemson schedule. Yeah, Clemson. Oh, Georgia Tech has to sorry. play Clemson and Georgia every year. And yeah. Notre Dame sometimes. Oh, and we're playing Ole Miss this year. And <laughs> the, the best take I saw was, was it Pat Forty or – or somebody recently was saying they, they posted Georgia Tech's schedule on Twitter and the, the caption was just Georgia Tech's schedule looked like it was made by somebody who hates Georgia Tech. Like, <laughs> and they're correct. Joey, over under six and a half games before Collins is fired. I'll go Ooh. over. I'll go over. I, I, in a way, I'll be surprised. Eight, if eight they, and a half. Eight and a half over under. I still kind of think. Oh, I think they're going to wait till December. You think so? Uh, yeah, I know the recent trend has been to fire guys earlier, but yeah, this also feels like one where the fate of the athletic director might also be tied, and so might be looking at an AD search as well as a football coach search. Mm-hmm. So might be kind of clunky. Yeah, so you we'll should see. go the Justin. You should go the Justin Fuente route, where everybody was freaking out about the buyout dropping in December, and then Babcock was like, "Yeah, we agreed to a reduced buyout. He's gone." Like, it's like a week December, before Thanksgiving or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see. Um, and and when we talk about Georgia Tech in the preview too, I I do think there is an off chance that they've completely overhauled their coaching staff this off season. I there's a chance I think that that makes a difference, but we'll. We'll see. Um, uh, it's not. I, I'm not getting my hopes up at this point. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm fully expecting we're uh, we're in the coaching search here in six months or so. So, <laughs> but we'll get there. It could be worse. <laughs> it could be. It could be. <laughs> Derek, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for for joining us and telling us about NC State. Um, really appreciate you just, again, taking the time and joining us. Hopefully you've enjoyed it as well. Um, really hope you come back and uh, join us again soon to give us an update. You know, Maybe we'll bring you back on if, if Dave Dorn does get hired elsewhere. we gotta we got to come up with a good candidate. <laughs> oh, and Derek, Derek, real quick, how did you yeah. find us? I think we, we at, might have asked out the top. I don't know if we got an answer at you, though. How did you find our podcast? Honestly, I just looked, um, I just searched for, I think, ACC football podcast, uh, and it does work. Came up. Yeah. We're, we're three for three. We're three for three. <laughs> that's, that's how everybody's found us so far. Love that. Organic, organic searches, right, Joey? And, and there's really, look, I mean, you guys are really the only ones that do kind of a weekly, you know, ACC, every team podcast. There's, you know, there's not really any other podcasts that do what you guys do. Mm-hmm. That yeah, was a we're goal. pretty niche. Yeah, we're pretty niche. I like it. Yeah, and hopefully our 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 passion for the conference and the the teams within kind of shows through. That's, I think that's always been a, a goal that I aspire to. Yeah. Well, I, I'll, I'll I'll say this: it's disappointing that you don't. It's just just coastal guys. You don't have any <laughs> Atlantic guys on there. <laughs> I've thought like, about that. Look, now, you, you coastal guys don't have to deal with Clemson. Well, Joey, oh, yeah. you do. I mean, yep. define deal with Clemson. I mean, I, play them like, every year, I, right? But and and look, if they change the schedules, NC State's going to get Clemson every year. Still, like yeah. we're not losing Clemson. We're still going to get them. So is Georgia it's, Tech. Yeah, I say define deal with Clemson because Joey just goes into it. And every time we preview it, he's like, I mean, we're just going to lose by a million. It's like, okay. And then we move on. You don't really have to deal with it. It's an right? easy it's preview. Like, oh, you're playing Clemson this week? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Ah. Clemson wins. What's next? Right. Clemson had like a 52 to nothing lead in that game a couple of years ago, and then halftime started. <laughs> like, goodness. What, what am I watching? Like, <laughs> horrible oh man Um, anyways derek thank you so much really appreciate you joining us uh we'll, we'll have you back on sometime soon all right sounds good guys all right mike and once again that was mr derek taylor uh huge nc state fan a listener of the show the SEO remains undefeated on our end having a uh a basketball conference show that uh, is about football it's great um Lots of interesting stuff there. And again, I'm using the interesting word. God, I hate myself. Um, I, I, I think that's kind of what it comes down to is what we said there towards the end, Mike, is this is a program that, you know, it's not so much that they can't get out of their own way as much as fate kind of can't get out of their way in right. a lot of cases. I mean, and that's that's a, a kind of a maddening place to be as much as anything. Yeah, I thought his answer when I asked specifically about you know, the, the fact that they've had some really good individual players, but they haven't really been able to find the team success that I think we all expect when they have a bunch of those really good individual players on the same team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he really kind of just chalked it up to, you know, a bit of inconsistency, right? Which I think is fair. Some of it's just randomness in college football, which I think is also fair, but 
he also kind of alluded to the fact that there was just this growing process with Dave Doran. Yep. And, you know, he got to the point the last couple of seasons where it really feels like, you know, he's kind of, you know, finding his footing as a head coach. And he brought the, the point that Dave Doran is still young. And I mean, he's right. He just turned 50. So he is still a relatively young head coach considering how long he's been around, how long he's been at NC State. So when you think about all that in totality and the fact that they are now, you know, giving them more resources, the, the staff, you know, more resources to work with in terms of, you know, uh, monetary commitment and kind of the, the fact that Boo Corgan is really, you know, investing money in the basket, in the, into the football program and the basketball program. And, you know, he got into all that. So, you know, that's something that I think NC State fans can be happy about, right? Yep. They're still feeling this guy out in terms of how he is as an athletic director, but it seems like the, the commitment is really there and, and making football the priority and, you know, kind of having all the sports kind of come up with the football program, which I think is the model that a lot of teams should follow. Yep. One of the things that I meant to bring up that I completely forgot to as well was it is kind of a unique situation here, I think. A lot of times you hear about uh, a, a coach in place and then the athletic director that hired them leaves and is replaced. And oftentimes there's this whole stigma of, well, the new athletic director wants to hire their own coach. You know, they want to have their person in, in place that they picked. And, and a lot of times it's kind of looking for the first reason you might want to fire the, the existing sitting head coach. Right. What I think is unusual is not only is that not really the case here, but you've got the new athletic director giving Dave Dorn an extension. That, that that's that says something <laughs> that that the new person comes into play and is not only not trying to get rid of Dave Doran but is actively backing and supporting him. That right. that is a a really good sign for this program moving forward is, is having that aligned and that alignment and that support coming from his his higher ups. Oh yeah, no, no doubt about it. And it feels like there's there's just a sense of kind of empowerment now with. Doran and his staff, it really feels like they're kind of taking that next step in their progression, which I think is huge. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one of the other thoughts that I had, and again, this was something else that, again, I didn't really bring up in the discussion, but NC State being consistently really good, I think part of maybe what shocks me about them not them having struggled so much to get over the top is similar to something that I heard uh, a few different people talking about as it related to Georgia coming into this past year, where if you keep recruiting well and you keep winning a lot of games and you get yourself into position, eventually you'll be able to get over the top. And I think that's a that's a that's an, a concept that probably applies here with NC State as well. Not obviously in a uh, in a national title sense necessarily, but getting right. over the top for them might mean it's something a little bit different. You know, in terms of winning the Atlantic Division, maybe even winning that elusive conference championship that that Derek mentioned them not winning for decades, uh, which is yeah. just mind blowing. So, it's only taken him like 35 years or whatever it was. Right, right. I It's incredible. Absolutely. Something incredible. reasonable. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I, I thought there was a lot of good stuff there. And again, really appreciate Derek for his time. Uh, Mike, any any other main thoughts here on NC State as we look forward to this fall? I'm excited to preview them later in the offseason because like Derek and Joey, it sounded like yourself. I think you're in the same boat with me. I am bullish on NC State this fall. I am, and there there will be more to come, uh, NC State wise. 
Uh, obviously, you know, our next episode, and we'll talk about that here shortly, but we'll talk a little bit more about NC State in the next episode and a lot more in a preview later this offseason as we get towards the start of the season. But bullish is a good word for it. And uh, I'm, I'm not going to give away anything, but yes, I am I am bullish on NC State. That is a good way yes. of putting it. When total bets are coming. <laughs> yes, they are. Um, Mike, as we said, this is our season finale. Uh, season six, six seasons in the books. Uh, congratulations to you. We uh, uh, Congratulations to you. Well, sir. thank you. Thank you. We, we made it. We both made it. Uh, th- this is a good thing. We're uh, still living, which is good. It's helpful. We are going to set out and start season seven here very shortly. Um, it is a little bit early, but we're going to go ahead and get into preview season. So that is coming up. The next thing you will hear is kind of a, uh, a preview primer season kickoff kind of thing that we're going to do. Uh, as you mentioned, looking per, you know, perhaps at win totals. Who's to say? Nobody knows. Um, yes, that's, that's true. Um, Don't want to give anything away. Yeah. Well, and if, if you're looking at the calendar and saying, man, it is really kind of early to be starting that, we can explain, and we will, but you'll just have to come back and uh, get that explanation on the next episode and not get it here an hour and 15 minutes into this episode. So <laughs> we will... I'm just uh, going to bury the lead. Yeah. So if you're still listening to this, A, we appreciate you, and uh, B, we are going to make you wait for a few more days to understand kind of what what's going on with the schedule here, so... Um, we look forward to coming back and uh, and getting that whole process started here as we uh, work work towards July and and towards the uh, the real start of silly season with the uh, the media days and everything else that happens before uh, before the actual football starts. Great. So, Mike, anything else here for NC State or season six in general? I think we are good. All right, I I agree. I think we're good. It's been a good season. Cool. <laughs> now that it's June, I can say it's been a good season. It's been a good year. That's right. Mike, let's get out of here. Uh, we're going to come back and, again, kick off Season 7 and talk some win totals and, and lots more. So come join us then. In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He's at Mike McDaniel SI. Together, we are at BC Podcast S- B- BC Podcast ACC. Wow. SEC, barely. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, we are on iTunes. We're on Spotify, all the good places you go find podcasts. Go find us there. Uh, you can find us on, uh, um, you can send emails, questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketball conference podcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Uh, Mike, my brain is not working right now. If you haven't noticed rusty, if you haven't noticed, uh, Mike, where else can they find us on the social medias? Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference, rate review, find all of our podcasts there, Joey. It is, that is our Facebook page. Uh, some things get posted there. So go check us out. Every there. once in a while. Yeah, every <laughs> once in a while. Uh, Mike, that's all I got. Anything else? Find some of our podcasts there. <laughs> no, I'm good. We are self aware. There's that. Um, all right. Can't say we are. <laughs> Mike, it's been fun. Looking forward to coming back and kicking off season seven with you. Seven years of doing this podcast. Pretty incredible. A lot of life changes in that time. Is that a teaser? <laughs> and with that, we will talk to you again soon. For that guy, Mr. Mike McDaniel, and for Mr. Derek Taylor, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you again very soon. And until then, 
Go ACC.